You're listening to Big Girl Money. I'm Ronnie Bergner. And I'm Wendy Bowling. I've been in my career for over 30 years. And I've been around for two. We mix up our millennial and baby boomer perspectives to give you perfectly balanced career advice, inspirational stories, and more. This is Big Girl Money. Date me on your life. Well, first of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I haven't missed you that much. I haven't really missed you that much either. <laughs> 2020, what's your New Year's resolution? Okay, we have Woman to explain. that I haven't missed. We have to explain, though. What? Because we don't want it to be all, you know, gag me, love fest. <laughs> right. We're trying to be the opposite. Yeah, Wendy so, and I got to stop kissing each other's asses every intro. Yeah. Even though we really do genuinely like each other. Yeah, we do. In fact, love. How crazy would it be if we hated each other, but we still wanted to do the podcast? That would suck ass. Like, I think about that with, like, there's a rumor that, like, Anne and Nancy and yeah. Hart yeah. didn't get along. Yes. And it's like, how would that even be possible? I know. To work and go on tour and make music with somebody I just, you hated? I don't think you could make it last. That's why I don't believe that. I don't believe it either. Screw it. Yep. We won't believe that. Nope. <laughs> so what? So do you have a New Year's resolution? Yes. My okay. New Year's resolution is, it's kind of vague. I really need to like hone it in, you know, sure. with some specific goals. But I think it's just kind of time management in general. Wow. And spending more time with, this kind of ties into our episode today, but spending more time with the really important people in my life and the important relationships and maybe a little less time at things that I don't really want to go to all that much. Or not I don't want to go to, but like. But you're not passionate about it. Yeah, like less time at like work happy hours. Obli- or Obligatory things. Yeah, and more stuff that I really enjoy and things that are going to be good for my relationships. Wow, so you're you're being more authentic about how you spend your time. Yeah, yep. More I love that. That's perfect. And then also time management just with managing, you know, all like the podcasts mm-hmm. and work and everything. I just want to have fun all the time, so I have hard time with the work hard play hard but work hard first mentality you know yeah because I am so social I always just want to do whatever's fun and shiny in front of me in front of you so yeah I want to work on getting what I need to get done first so that when I do have free time it's more enjoyable and I don't have stuff in the back of my head I gotta do so think about how I can support you to do that okay so I love this um this new year's resolution my new year's resolution is about reliance I think of how I've lived my life till now, especially my professional life, mm-hmm. is I've done this with a lot of my own power. And I've done, I've kind of like driven the car and mm-hmm. my faith and, and spirituality, Jesus is sitting over there and I'm saying, I will let you know when I need your help. <laughs> but I got this and I can run my own life. And then when I get in trouble, hey, get over here and take the wheel. And a friend of mine told me she's working to treat her life like 
she's riding on a magic carpet with no steering wheel. Whoa. And God's in control and he's going to provide. And because right now, Ronnie, I'm still in that season where I need to take care of myself. I've got two surgeries in January Mm -hmm. and then I'll be 90% done of the reconstruction. Right. And man, I am just trying to get to the next phase so bad. And I have to stay in this one, this Mm -hmm. season of just taking care of myself. So that whole reliance on that higher power has the game plan, the where I should go next and what I should do next and how I should show up in the world and what the world needs from me. Love it. Okay. That'll be a good one. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I feel like you've been in a focusing on yourself. That's been your goal for a while. Yeah. The, you mean the healing part or just me being like really? Just remembering to be like kind to yourself and not oh, okay. beat yourself up and yeah. ask others for help. Like loosening yeah. your grip in yes, general. Totally. I feel like has been a big thing for yeah. you. And I, it's been awesome to watch you grow in that way. That's great because I feel like a slow learner. So. <laughs> well, if you've never done it before, because like you're saying, through your mm. whole career, you were like, bulldozing through you're gonna make it happen yeah you're in charge Mm -hmm. so when something happens that's so out of your control how you're not gonna like change your ways and be instantly you're right able to do that you're right all right so in this episode of big girl money our first segment will be ask wendy where we get into a listener email love that then we'll move into our big girl skill which we are calling tribe management Ronnie came up with this idea, and I love it, okay? (laughs) And lastly, we have a fabulous, as always, Big Girl Spotlight. That's right. So thank you for listening. Okay, are you ready for the best segment of the whole podcast, in my opinion? Oh, my goodness, yes. I love this segment. Okay, let's hear it. I just love to always hear what you say, and then... It's like a Wendy advice ice cream sundae with some Ronnie sprinkles on top. Ooh. And it's delicious and you just love it. And it's good for you. Yeah, sure. It's healthy too. (laughs) Maybe if it's a banana split, bananas are good for you. Almond almond milk ice cream. Ew. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Okay. We're here for our first segment, Ask Wendy, and we have our special guest, Chris, to read the email. Dear Wendy. It's really loud. Okay, let me turn him down. You're loud too, though. His voice is just amazing. Velvety. Velvety. There one day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Too loud. I can turn it down if it's too loud. Let your freak flag fly. Okay. (laughs) Dear Wendy. Perfect. I have a situation at work I was hoping that you could help me with. I took on a new job a little less than a year ago at a new company, and it was a great decision. I really loved the culture and leadership. However, I did take a step down when I accepted the job. Mm. Now that I have my bearings, I am ready to apply for some more challenging openings at my company. I know of some people that I could talk to about openings and want to schedule coffee with them soon. My question to you is this. Should I talk to my manager about this right away? My gut tells me that he will be supportive, but you have talked on the podcast before about being held back by a boss when you try to make a career move. Mm-hmm. How can I make this transition as smoothly as possible without burning any bridges? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Best, Jessica. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Jessica. 
<laughs> Bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Out. <laughs> and Jessica, we could be like sisters from another mother because I am all about the whole authenticity and, and being open and transparent about where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But I've learned over time that can come to bite you in the butt. Yeah, you can't always share everything. Right. And so I think you need to be very, very intentional and and strategic about this. Your boss does not deserve to know every thought in your head. And he really or she really doesn't have the time to also deal with something that may not happen yet. So if you can think about it as I'm not giving him something to worry about until there's something to worry about then I would suggest you not share with him until you get closer to getting a real interview where you've got a shot to get the job. But what do you think, Ronnie? Um, I totally agree with that. But the only thing I worry about is, depending on the size of the company, it could get around to her manager that she applied, which might he might not like that very much. That's true. Because you've kind of said before that, when you are a manager, you would like to know. And so I almost wonder if it should be something that you bring up before you even apply. Okay, so but the what way if you I would, apply and then nothing even happens? That's right. And I would say it that way. If your manager came to you and said, "I heard you applied for this job," you said, "I was really putting out some feelers. I wasn't sure yet about moving in this direction, and I wanted to see how it was even going to work out before I came to you with this." Yeah, I think that's understandable. Right. And maybe she could say, like, if they have one-on-ones, just mention that one of her professional goals is to take on a more challenging mm-hmm. role. And see where the ma- how the manager responds. Yeah. If they respond with, let's move on to the next topic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to deal with another opening. They're not saying all this out loud, but they're kind of saying it with mm-hmm. the way they respond. Mm-hmm. Then you know you might have an issue. If they say, what would that look like? When were you thinking about doing that? Whereas, well, when are you thinking about doing that? See the different tone? Yeah. <laughs> right. Was, you got to like. the hell are you thinking about doing <laughs> You're just a problem for me. No, <laughs> Test it out. Put out some yes. feelers. Yes. I like yes. it. Well, Jessica, I hope that helps. And I hope that you get your new job. Let us know, Jessica. Okay. Are we ready for our big girl skill? We are. Tribe management, as I brilliantly came up with. Yes. I love it. Okay. This big girl skill is called tribe management. Which is kind of funny because I didn't really connect this with my New Year's resolution, but they're very, very similar. Interesting. So maybe it's all just the universe putting it all together for yeah, me. Yeah, and making it very big priority for you. Yes. So I'm excited. Yes. So, so Wendy, I think one of the hardest lessons you learn in your life is that not all friendships are lifelong. Really? I think so. Because in high school, like, I thought I already knew who my bridesmaids and my wedding were going to be. Like, you wow. get so wrapped up in your present moment. And you think every friend you make is just the dearest and closest and they'll be around forever. And you make such a great point because the first time I fired a friend. Oh, God. Was traumatic. And instead of this, this idea that you had to learn that the friends come in and out of your life, it's a big one to learn and to learn quick. Yeah. Man, I really want to dive into that story, but we'll save it for another time. Okay. I can't wait. (laughs) 
So this big girl skill is all about that. Yes. And that it's okay to invest more time in some relationships than others. Oh, I love that. And that managing your tribe so that you can maximize the relationships in your life is what's going to be best for you and your friends. So we're going to actually talk about this little system that you yes. came up with. Yes, I have a system. Okay. Very engineer of me. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to manage the relationships in my life with a specific number system. Yeah, there is no spreadsheet though. No spreadsheet, no spreadsheet. It was really cool because when you first talked about this, it was an aha for me to think about my own relationships this way. I gave you an aha? Uh-huh. Oh because my God. Wait, can you say that again? You were right. <laughs> no, say you gave me an aha. You gave me an aha. <laughs> Yeehaw. Woo-hoo. And it made such a difference for me because I thought of friends as either you were my friend, you were in the line, right. inside the circle, the mm-hmm. big circle, or out the circle. Mm-hmm. In fact, to the point we used to jokingly say, okay, she's dead to me. Yeah. She's out of my circle. Yes. You're right? in or you're out. So tell us a little bit about the system, Ronnie. So it doesn't have to be you're in or you're out, Wendy. I have a three concentric circle system. <laughs> the three CC system. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> uh, first told Wendy about this when Maddie needed some advice about prioritizing her college friendships. Yeah. Which we all have f- drama with our friends in college. Well, but it's a huge learning lesson. This is when I huge. this is when I formulated this. Yes. And it was one of those things where Maddie's friend was Maddie was a better friend to her friend than the friend thought of Maddie. Yes. So it was this aha you gave us that I shared with Maddie that you have different layers and levels of friends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And not everybody was worth the same investment. Exactly. So, Wendy, you are, I think, a lot better at describing this visually than I am. So okay. I'd love for you to take it. So, listeners, first, think about a shooting target. You know, the ones that have the three circles with the bullseyes in the middle, yes. right? Our 3CC system is much like that shooting target with the three concentric circles, where the one in the middle, the smallest, most circle near the bullseye. The bullseye. It's the ones. Yes. It's layer one. It's where the ones live. Mm-hmm. Then the next circle going out, the middle one, is where the la- the twos in our life live. Mm-hmm. And finally, the biggest circle on the outside, which is the furthest, if you think of yourself in the middle. Yes. the furthest from you. Yes. They are the threes. That's right. Right? So the first and most important step is understanding that these different people, one, twos, and threes Mm -hmm. in your life, they actually deserve different priority. And that means of your time, um, your attention. Energy. Energy, your trust. Yes. What you ask of them, what you expect of them, all of that. Expectations. Right. Totally. So you need to think about all the people in your life and pretty much give them a number. One, a two, and a three. Right. And we'll talk to you about what that looks like. Okay. So so ones. Yes. The ones in our lives are the people that we love the most. These are like our family. Immediate family. Immediate family. One or two friends. Significant other. Okay. Kids. Yeah. If you have kids. Right. Mo- Moxie for me, my dog. <laughs> okay. And these are these people we take a bullet for. Yes. We would uh, give them a kidney, oh, as you said. <laughs> that's big. That's big. And so there's, there's not very many of these. No. These are like, this is like maybe... Six to ten. Ten would be a lot. Yes. It's around there. All right. Now explain what the twos are. Okay. My twos are the people who I love dearly. They're close friends. We actually invest time on these twos knowing we have a fixed uh, amount of time 
and we have to dole it out to twos less than we would to ones. Yes. Um, I really struggled with this at the very beginning of my career because I treated myself like I had unlimited time to work, to actually build relationships with people, to actually, there was no one. In fact, one guy came up to me once and he said, is there anybody you think you can't save, Wendy? So I love this idea that you do have limited emotional capital and time to spend on people. And it's just like money. You start making better decisions about how you spend your time, understanding it's limited. Yes. All right. Great. And then the threes are people who you like. You, yeah. You don't love them, yeah. but you like them. You yes. like to spend time with them. They're fun. They're your coworkers, your bosses. They're in your life. You would care if something happened to them, but you're probably not going to give them a kidney. Yes. No. <laughs> right? And you're not really sure if you can fully count on them. You don't fully trust them, but you could still have wonderful relationships with these people. Yes. They're just not as deep. Right. And those people actually have ones in their life that would give them a kidney. So it's not like they're never going to get a kid kidney. <laughs> It's not like they're never going to get a kidney. (laughs) Important asterisk. Well, and the thing with this is it feels ugly to put these people in the three category to me. It feels like I'm putting them outside and I'm limiting them. But if I start to remember. Yes. I I have um, CC system guilt. CC system guilt. I understand. I used to feel this when I was a novice to the CC system. (laughs) But now that I'm an expert, I no longer. But I understand. Well, for us acquiring CC system expertise people, um, it helped me to understand it as these people are still valuable. Yes. And they still have their own set of ones. Uh-huh. And they're, they're just not ones in my life. Yes. Right? Yes. So. And they could always, the thing that makes me feel less three cc system guilt is that a three could become a two and maybe even a one. Yes. Like a guy you start dating or girl, whatever you're into, is probably going to start out as a three, and then they'll become a two, and then yeah. then they could become a one if you get married. So right. exactly. No need to feel any guilt. It's, well, not, it's not like you're going to say, hey, you're a three. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is not to be communicated outside of your own noggin. Well, and I think this is a good point to say that a lot of people actually get off track by picking and surrounding themselves with ones that don't treat them as a one back. Oh, right. So these counterfeit one, ones really don't have your back. No, they're really threes. Right? They don't really know you or or even want to work to get to know you. Um, they can sometimes be users. Mm-hmm. Or just folks that maybe don't even have the capacity or the ability to build a deep, committed relationship with somebody. So you're kind of wasting your time and energy by treating them like a one when they're a counterfeit one. Yeah, look out for right. those counterfeit ones. Yes. Good good point. Okay. Um, Wendy, now, everybody, pause the podcast and think about the people in your life and give them a quick one, two, three. Give them a little assigning. Okay. If you're listening so to So pick this one in each of the circles. Yeah, like think about okay. all your, think about your, yeah, pick a three and a two and a one. Just I like for it. exercise I sake. like it. So, bzz, welcome back to your scheduled programming. Unpause. Unpause. Now. What makes then a three different from a one or a two is we only really give a shit about what ones and twos say. Yes. Threes, they're interesting, but would you change where you went due to a three's opinion? 
Making the decision that you don't give a shit about what threes think and you only care what ones and twos think is like the one of the most liberating ahas I've ever had. I because love it. like it makes the reason I'm able to do this podcast because you you think of all these people in your life that you think might listen, but if you think they're threes. Who I don't care what they think about this. I care what ones and twos think when they wow, listen. Wow, it makes you get it right. Yeah, and if one and twos really thought something was kind of I got to let podcast, threes go. Let them go. Or like if you're given a if you're speaking publicly in front of a bunch of people, you can just in your head erase all the threes, and then who's left? There's like two people in there that you got to impress. Wow, it's very liberating. I love it. And this is a skill you hope people learn earlier in their life versus later. Yes. You'll waste a lot of time on this. Mm -hmm. The other thing about not caring what the threes think is that you automatically lower your expectations of the threes. So when they let you down, kind of like doesn't Maddie experience, doesn't bother you as much. They're, Ooh, they're just a three. Yeah. That's just the, a, what you say in your head. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh. This is powerful. Ooh. Ooh. I'm having another aha moment. <laughs> Provided by Ronnie Bergman. That's right. All right. What makes a one and two different from each other are that twos may not be around forever. Ooh, that sounds harsh. I know. It kind of is. But you have really helped me learn this lesson. Okay. For sure. I feel like this has been one of your little nuggets of wisdom you've wow. tossed over to me. Is that friends have a season sometimes. And they're people that come into our lives at just the right time to meet what we need of each other. But these people move on. And it doesn't mean they weren't our friend. It doesn't mean it wasn't an amazing relationship. Right. It's just an important attitude to know there was a positive purpose for that season. Okay. So, like, when I think of this, I think of some of my really, really close friends in college that I don't talk to anymore. Mm -hmm. But we had amazing relationships in college. And it's not that I failed them or they failed me. You just kind of drifted apart because you're not going after the same goal. You're not in the same right. place anymore. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say about the difference between ones and twos is you have, you look like you're lost. Yeah, I'm with you now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the last thing I'll say about the difference between ones and twos is you have an obligation to work on your relationship with twos, but at the same time, you have the freedom to end it if it becomes toxic. Wow. You're not permanently tied to these people and committed to these people if they just kind of like Maddie experienced, aren't really giving you back what you're putting right. in, you are totally allowed to push them out to the three. Okay. And so ending it doesn't always mean really being done with people. No. It might no. be just pushing them out to the three. Exactly. Okay. It, can, it doesn't have to change like your relationship with them externally. It's just like an internal shift of knowing you're not a two anymore. You're a three. I enjoy being around you. I enjoy spending time with you, but I'm not going to be disappointed when you let me down and I'm not really going to have super high expectations of this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Which is really powerful because then you get to keep hanging out with these people that you get joy from. Sure. Without being exhausted when they let you down. You know what I mean? I love it. And so now that we've kind of looked at each of these, I, I think we really want to hone in on the ones because yes. they are hugely important to our success. Um, and we want to be intentional about building those relationships mm -hmm. is what we're suggesting. Mm, that's what we're pitching to you. Right. So here are three tips for how to really build some kick-ass one relationships. So the first one, it really takes some work to maintain healthy 
relationships for our ones, yes. with our ones. Have you ever heard the statement, Ronnie, uh, you're the sum of the closest five people in your life? Mm -hmm. These are your ones. So don't take them for granted. Really invest in them. Mm -hmm. If you go sideways with them, you need to press pause on the rest of your life and get it straight with them. Whereas you may not do that with twos and threes. So how, how has this hit you in your life? I mean, have you always done this well? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I did this horribly in college, which is, I think, why I, like, came up with this. Ah. And I think that it's important to be really proactive about the people that you've decided are your ones. Like, if you have a little tiff that you think might have had a little bit of an impact on the relationship, like, ones aren't the people that you brush it aside and move on. Ones are the people that you talk about it. And dig deep because when you solve those problems, you'll get even closer. Yeah. It's yeah. just being proactive and like you'll, you should cancel plans to go out with a two to take care of a one. Wow. I like that. <laughs> so it's, I just came up with that. And, and that is so cool because I think unlike you, I think I really did a horrible job of this when I was growing up. And how I took my parents for granted. Mm -hmm. And even my brother and sister. Or it just felt like I didn't invest in them and acknowledge what they'd done for me. And especially till I had my own kid mm. and saw how I felt about that kid. And then was like, man, mom, you're a rock, rock, you're a rock star. Yeah. Right? So... This is something that will so if you do this in an intentional way where you want to maintain, and I like the way you, you, we put that, maintain healthy one relationships mm -hmm. so that you never get off with them. I think this is going to make such a difference in how you have those people to really be allies and back you up and have your back. I agree. Great. Um, the other tip for keeping your one relationships kick ass is that the ones really deserve tough conversations. Mm. So work at getting better at being courageous to have icky conversations with ones. You know, it's okay to let things go with the twos or threes, but sometimes you got to get into the sticky stuff with ones. It's so true. And this It's kind of like when you, uh, this just popped in my head, when sure. you see... Or you hear about a couple and they say, oh, we never fight. Mm -hmm. We never. You're like, how close could you possibly be mm -hmm. if you never fight? Oh, I agree. That's like one of those things. Like I if you're agree. really a one to each other. You should fight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or you're not invested. Yeah. You're staying a little on the outside. You're, you're not really all in. Yeah. And the important thing about ones and what makes ones so special is that if people are ones to each other, they should feel like they can be completely themselves. Yes. And if you're being completely yourself, you're going to have some conflict with somebody yes. else because you're different if you're being completely yourself. Right. So it's just inevitable. And I saw this in action just uh, in the last week. Yes. In fact, it was me. yesterday. So Maddie is working at this Yellowstone Club yes. as, a, as a ski instructor up in Big Sky. She actually shattered her tibia and fibia yesterday. Had I didn't wait while she was working. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize she was Workers working comp too. And the little boy was eight that she was teaching. Oh, was he when traumatized? She no, she said he was so sweet. He came over and held her hand and said, Maddie, if you need to cry, it's okay. Oh my God. Now talk about a gender intelligent. God bless eight year old that boy. Eight -year -old. I know. <laughs> that I know. is so sweet. So 
so she had surgery last night, right? Mm -hmm. And and it was funny because I've been really getting to know because we went to Big Sky and spent time with Maddie and her best friend Mac. Mm -hmm. And Mac told me over text that she believes Maddie is skiing terrain that she's not ready to ski yet. In this case, it was um, powder. They were in lots of powder. Okay. Right? So if Mac is Maddie's real one, then she'll have the courage to have that tough conversation with Maddie. Because she cares about her and she knows it might piss Maddie off, but it's worth it. But now she should wait until she's out of the hospital and through the (laughs) surgery. And off drugs. (laughs) Because that may not go as well. Yes, yes. Right? But I'll be honest, and I'm being very very vulnerable right now. I had the start of marriage 25 years. And one of the things that hit me with my one was I realized finally that I was loved in spite of who I was instead of because of who I am. And that was a really tough situation. Ones should love you because they see you for who you are and they love you because of it. Mm -hmm. Crazy and all, right? (laughs) Because there's some benefit to crazy, Mm -hmm. right? To your crazy, that that really brings something to their life. I agree. So, wow, that got a little heavy there for a minute. It's good. It's good. Could you tell me a time when you, with your one of your ones, had a tough conversation? The thing that I think about is when Olivia was in, that's my sister, Olivia, first went to college on the East Coast and okay. was have, had like horrible, like crippling anxiety when she got out there. Wow. And we would talk on the phone about it and I would say, just stick it out, at least stay a semester. Yeah. You're just homesick. And then she finally and it was kind of her getting mad at me and in my face, but she finally had an open conversation with me and was like, I feel like you're not taking this seriously. And when you tell me to stick it out, it really makes me feel like you don't understand at all. And where I am. And you don't what care I'm going about through. what's best for me. Yeah. Wow. Which sucked to hear because it made me feel like it bad sister but it was so important because then I had this mental shift of like oh this is really serious I need to like wow help come up with a solution instead of just telling her to stick it out wow so so in that case did you say you were sorry yeah oh yeah oh that's so great yeah I said I was sorry oh I love that but and then she knew that I just didn't I think the problem was I just didn't realize how bad it was yeah yeah just because I hadn't really experienced right. anything like that. so Well, and it really leans us into this third tip about how to really create great one relationships mm-hmm. is once you find a one, you need to stick with them. You, you've invested a lot of time with these people, mm-hmm. right? So don't let go of them easily. I mean, like really work on it. Yes. So the worst friend I ever actually had treated her friends like they were just expendable. Ugh. One wrong move and you were dead to them. Jeez. Now, I think everybody does have a bad day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've definitely had some. But how you treat your ones on their bad day says more about you than them, I think. Mm-hmm. So my dad used to say it this way to me, and I've, I've said this to myself over and over through the years. It's easy to be nice to nice people. The true test of your character is how you actually treat mean people. <laughs> so when a one lashes out at you because they have had a bad day, I just say, stay calm, take a deep breath, and ask them, what could you do to support them right this minute? Wow. <laughs> Imagine just freaking out at somebody and then go, 
what can I do to support you in this minute? Right. You couldn't be mad anymore. No, you can't. <laughs> right? be impossible. Right. This I, looks what so inc- important to you. Yes. Or I can tell this really means a lot to you. What are they going to say? Well, I, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm still fired up though. <laughs> Where do I take this? Where do I take this? <laughs> I love that. It's so true. Stick with ones even on their bad days. That's bad right. months. That's right. Bad years even. Because you're going to want them to stick by you. When you have some bad times. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, when you leave a job or retire, you rarely miss the work, but you always miss certain people. People are what matters in building a happy life, professionally and personally. Totally. In both of those areas. Yes. And developing relationships is your most important skill in building your tribe. As we like to say here at Big Girl Money. Happy tribe. Happy happy life. All right, time to end the episode with a big girl spotlight. Woo! Okay, my big girl spotlight today is for Finland's new female-led government. Do, 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 go Finland. That was their own little mini band. Yeah. Celebrating them. So, so the new prime minister, uh, Sana Marin, she is 34 and she is the youngest prime minister in the whole world. Wow. So the youngest prime minister in the whole world is a woman. I love it. Hashtag girl power. Girl power. <laughs> um, and all five leaders in her coalition government are also women. Yep. And three of them are also in their 30s. This is so cool. I can't so, wait to see how, how it looks differently, them being in power. Yes. I'm so excited yeah. to see. So if you look closer at Finland's cabinet... Um, 12 portfolios are represented by women and seven by men. So they Ooh, actually have the majority there. That's so great. I know. And almost half of Finland's parliamentarians are women. I, I think mean, it's like 47%. Well, so. that was equally impressive that you said that word so well. I know. I really had to think about that. Yeah, you uh, that, did great that was job. me on my drive over here. Parliamentarian, parliamentarian, <laughs> parliamentarian. <laughs> oh my God. Instead of thinking about my uh, complex tribe management, I'm just like... Parliamentarian, parliamentarian. You're so crazy. Uh, now, as we know from some of the research you've covered in the past, yes, just because you have a strong pipeline of young women doesn't necessarily automatically mean you're going to have female leadership in the future. You're right. You need a pipeline and some other magic ingredients. Amen, sister. So this is where I Googled Finnish gender inclusivity culture for like hours. <laughs> And I'm just going to sum it up in a few fun facts for you. Okay. So Finland has the Finnish Equality Act, which includes a gender quota for state administration committees, advisory boards, working groups, and other similar bodies. And that quota is that they must have at least 40% of both men and women. Wow. So you can't have too many women. You also can't have too Too many many men. Okay. So I was kind of like... I feel like it's not a quota if you have it going both ways. I guess it kind of is, but like, I've never thought of a quota well, being you have to have, I've only heard remember, it being you have to be 40% women. I've never And heard remember, it. it could be this set of nurses. You yeah. need 40% men. That's a quota. Yeah, it's so, true. I so, just haven't heard them being applied at the same yeah, time. Yeah. It's like they were like, we need to get more women in here, but not too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Um, there's also a code of governance that requires both genders to be represented on the board of directors for Finnish public limited companies. Hmm. So I think that just means at least one woman and at least one man. Yeah, I love that. And they have also passed a resolution which requires the board of directors for large and medium-sized state-owned public limited companies to be at least 40% men and 40% women by 2020. Whoa, that's this year. Yeah, that's wow. this year. Okay. So this was kind of crazy to me because we talk a lot about, we've done a lot of research about board of directors, mm -hmm. how to get on a board as a woman, why are they mm -hmm. so male-dominated, and I've never even thought about the government stepping in to control, I think this is because I'm an American, I don't like think about these things, <laughs> but the government stepping in to control public companies' boards mm -hmm. and ensure gender. So what do you think about that? I love it. You love it? Because I think it's an and versus an or. If you've got companies that are trying to do it and the government is watching them and actually giving them targets and quotas and help and additional suggestions on, on we're going to watch if you do it or not. Yeah. And to so be true. honest, our government was trying to do this mm -hmm. to get all of the uh, statistics from big, you know, from Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. And it was just reversed that they didn't have to do that anymore. Oh. They said it wouldn't make any difference. Under this fella? Uh-huh. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I'm holding up my Trump damn doll. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I just thought it was so interesting. Um, yes. And it is interesting because it's a resolution. Yes. So I'm pretty sure from my research that it's kind of like a requirement, but if you have like an awesome male candidate that would put you over the or under the 40% women, there's some and you provide leeway. a really good reason, there's then they'll leeway. make an exception. Yeah. It's not like it's a law. That's great. So. That, that should also go into looking at at those kinds of things as these are people and not just black and white numbers. Exactly. Okay. Um, another thing I found out during my crazy Googling is <laughs> that Finland has some crazy parental leave, which I think has had an impact on them getting women into leadership in the government. Cool. So- once a baby is born, Finland gives mothers four months of paid maternity leave and fathers about two months. And wow. then this is what I love. The couples can share an additional five plus months of paid parental leave between them. Wow. So they get to pick. Uh, they can say, Sally, you're freaking on fire. You get back to work. I'll stay here. <laughs> yes. Or like, Tommy, you're kicking ass. You get back to work. Yeah. I'll stay here. They get to pick for themselves, right. which right. I love. Or... I'm really enjoying this time with the baby and I need a little bit more of it. Mm -hmm. So would you be okay going back to work? I mean, how cool. I know. I totally love it. I and feel I'm like so it gives sad about so much the freedom. America not do having any government sanctioned paid it's leave. It's so ridiculous. I'm so, I Get feel like together. what is our problem? Well, I'll tell you what our problem is because listen to my next bullet point. Okay. <laughs> According to the World Bank Group, 25% or more female representation in parliament increases the likelihood of laws mandating government support to so parents. So you're saying if we got more women legislatures, yep, ers, sure, <laughs> that we this would change. Yes, exactly. But it's, it's also men making the law. Yes, and but it kind of goes both ways. Like the better uh, parental leave you have, a maternity or er, uh, paternity leave yes. you have. The easier it is for women to get into leadership. The more yes. women you have in leadership, the better paternity leave you have. So oh, it's kind of like a, 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 a self-fulfilling 
it's like what? it's a concentric circle. It's a concentric circle. I thought you were going to say it was a conspiracy. Oh no, for good. <laughs> so no, no, no. Um, and last thing I'll end with are some facts about our girl Sana Marin, the new prime minister. She is the first person in her family to attend university. That rocks. Her parents separated when she was a child, and she was raised by her mother and her mother's female partner. Wow. So when she was growing up, she often felt like she couldn't Fabulous. talk openly about her family. Um, and she has a little daughter of her own named Emma. Aw. So those are some fun facts. I love this. Yes. So we'll see what you do, Finland. We are certainly watching, and we're excited for you. So, and we're Ronnie, booking a vacation there. You did a fabulous job because Finland is leading the way in showing other countries how to get gender diverse and gender inclusive. I agree. Another great episode. Another one in the books. So don't forget, we love your reviews. We love um, those big ratings. We like the five number. <laughs> and then specifically yeah specifically five. <laughs> and then we love the ask wendy's and faux pas please we want to get more feedback from you so email us at biggirlmoneypodcast at gmail.com see you next time see you next time <laughs>